Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Actually, it's six and a half pages, but... <laughs> well, if you think it's five, that's a good thing. It, it's shorter, you think it's shorter than, rather than longer, it means it moved fast. Um, I, I am a, a last-minute addition. Um, probably a good thing, I completely agree, I should be, because um, when it comes to nature writing, I've always thought uh, I, I belonged on the far right of, of, that, uh, of the viewpoint towards nature. Uh, I, I subscribe to the Baudelarian viewpoint, which can be summed up in about eight syllables, and that is, I think I prefer the city. <laughs> but that said, you can't escape nature, you know, it's everywhere. So um, um, I did manage, I looked very hard, 300 pages, I did manage to find a few pages about nature. It's in a chapter about uh, the rains in Bombay, which if you've ever experienced them, you know they are a force of nature. And uh, um, I wouldn't recommend it, but it's certainly worth looking at at some point. This is a book um, about, like the digressions with fish, uh, the digressions here have to do with drugs. This is a book about drugs and the city, or, or, or a city of drugs, a city of intoxication. And the city is Bombay and the drugs are opiates. On that last day, a day of deluge, water stacked in green and brown layers under a floating membrane of debris, the streets and houses flooded, and the neighborhood returned to its original aspect of swamp fed by pestilential rain, a place for mangroves and undersea life, not human habitation when the city's network of supply and demand had broken down and it was impossible to find eggs and coffee, much less the drugs I wanted, when everything had at last been arranged, I was leaving the neighborhood, the apartment, the habit. I was leaving and I wouldn't return. On that last day, in parting, the city was revealed as the true image of my canceled self, an object of dereliction, deserving only of pity closed in all ways to the world. The city claimed seven islands from the sea. In the rainy season, the sea claimed them back. For two days, the sky was iron, and on the third, the rain poured itself into every crevice. It didn't let up for a week. I looked for the black kites that lived in the coconut tree near my fourth floor window. I put both hands on the ledge and leaned out until I saw them, two big birds huddling, miserable in the downpour. I went from room to room. There was a stain on the bedroom wall, a waist-high discoloration where water had seeped into the brickwork. And though the floor was clear of everything except dust, I sat in the exact spot where the armchair had been. This is what I did. I leaned out and hunkered in and waited for the call from the airline, but the phone didn't ring, and I went out into streets that were bright with water. I thought, for every happiness, there is an equal and opposite unhappiness. Then I took a drag of charas, and the room filled with light. Everything was transparent. The skin on my arms was as thin as paper. 
I looked into my flesh and saw the moving bones wrapped in pink translucent sheets, and all the while the rain fell in great washes against the roof, sheets of water that stormed from the windows and gathered in the corners of the room. We smoked that dirty hash, Bombay black charas with the color and texture of goat shit, and we chased heroin on strips of foil. We spoke those words, the beautiful ones without meaning or consequence. We laughed for no reason and interrupted our laughter with silence. Pepsi spread a prayer mat and prayed, and we waited in the room where the television flickered like firelight, and the rain gurgled and crashed. We smoked. People came and went. We spoke the beautiful words, and we called heroin by its joyful name. I didn't sleep, but I was full of dreams, and when I made my ma way outside, it was dawn. The rain had thinned. Everything was lit with meaning. Water lapped against the city's ruined buildings, dirty water strewn with petals and garbage and smelling vattar. People waded on the street, soaked to the skin, their faces ecstatic in the charcoal light. I knew them as my brothers as I stood in the rain. I spread my pitiful, deluded arms wide. I wanted to hold the city, each woman and child and animal and man. I wanted to save them. Dimple was silent as we passed the waterfront near Worley, and then she recalled something someone had once told her that the only beautiful thing about Bombay was the sea. She said it wasn't true. There were other things that were beautiful, though at the moment she couldn't think of a single one. After a while, she asked when we would be passing Chaupati Beach, and I told her that it was already behind us, but she looked so stricken at this that I asked the cabbie to turn around and take us back. We parked on the road and walked a little way onto the beach, which was deserted at that time. The sea was swollen with waves and rain. There were no birds in the sky, or there were fluorescent birds that piped harsh melodies, birds that revealed themselves to be kites, and moments later revealed themselves to be not fluorescent at all, but transparent, and not kites, but crows, transparent albino crows barking dissonance, not melody. And she crouched under the terrible sky, wheeling with luminous birds, and asked me if I could see the lights of a ship where the horizon was. I followed where her finger pointed, but saw nothing, because the sea was full of chop and rain. I don't remember what I said in reply, or whether I replied at all, but just then I experienced a moment of clairsentience, a feeling of longing and anxiety, dimples, and for a moment I saw what she saw, a lost junk with tattered sails that seemed to have traveled a great distance of time from the past into the future, with too few stops for f refueling and repairs. And I knew that she wanted the ship to send a boat to collect her and take her away, take her somewhere calm and clean where she could rest and repair her own wounds. And just then, just as I felt her sadness settle in my chest, she got up and went back to the taxi. This is towards the end of the chapter. It's a chapter called Flight. I'll just read the last uh, passage. I took Dimple to Safer, 
the rehab center where I'd taken my most recent unsuccessful cure. The center operated out of a church on Chapel Road and was usually open by 6 in the morning when the inmates took yoga classes before breakfast. They were making morning tea when we got there, and in, in, in an hour she was processed and settled. When it was time for me to leave, we shook hands, and I was gone. And though I'd been waiting a week, packed and ready to leave, I arrived at the airport with only minutes to spare. I rushed through immigration, down the flaking corridors and water-stained halls that were empty except for the security detail who watched as I ran past, my pupils' tiny pinpoints filled with heaven's white light. On the plane, I threw my carry-on into the overhead bin, but my suede jacket I handled very gently, holding it in my lap for the duration of the flight. In its inner pocket was a hole in which I had hidden a bag of heroin. When the plane was still on the tarmac, I made my first trip to the bathroom and cut a line on the back of my wallet. I returned to my seat and sat with my head tilted back and let the heroin dissolve into the back of my throat. I was nodding out when the plane lifted into the air and through half-closed eyes, I thought I saw the rusted corrugated roofs of the Bandra slum where I bought drugs for so many years, the one-room dwellings that housed entire families, the broken-down shops selling cigarettes, batteries and light bulbs, the open sewage clock drains and crowds of people walking in single file and in a moment I saw the streets of Bombay Central and the staircase at the back of the Pillar House Lodge still flooded though the rain had stopped and then the faces of the people I knew blurred and reassembled into a face that seemed very familiar to me though I couldn't say why the face of a sister I'd lost or a son I'd never known or the face of someone loved who died. Thank you very much. Thank you.